All right, pre-show shenanigans. Uh, recently, my roommate has been taking cold showers in the morning. He's been taking cold showers. Uh, he gets up earlier than me. He has 8 a.m. classes. I don't. Also, tip, by the way, for anyone in college or about to be in college, don't ever take 8 a.m.s. Just don't do it. You're better off just not taking the class. Find another one. Uh, but regardless, my roommate takes cold showers in the morning, and he claims that it's good for him and that it helps him wake up and get ready in the morning. I also want to point out that my roommate has never had caffeine in his life, never had coffee. He's never had an energy drink or anything. He has just, he had soda? I guess all, all natty. He's all natty. No, no uh, academic PEDs, okay? No performance enhancers out of him. So I decided, you know what, Everett? I'm going to take a page out of my roommate's playbook, and I'm going to try a cold shower myself. Uh, let's just say my cold shower. Well, first, let's start off with this. I'd say my average time in the shower is like four or five minutes. I, I'm not sure if that's necessarily like long. That's, or I'd, say that's, I'd say that's kind of that's on the quicker side. Average, but I, I would personally feel like I, I, I take my time in there. I take my sweet ass time. I got to perform at least two songs in there before I get out. Uh, but when I took this cold shower this morning, I don't think I've ever been that efficient in a shower in my life. I got in. I got the fuck out. That was my only goal to get out of that shower the second I turn on the cold water. And I can confidently say after taking that cold shower in the morning, I will probably never do it again. And that, that is psychopath behavior. Everett. That's a psychopath tendency <laughs> to take cold showers in the morning. That's so, not normal. Throw, it's not throw it, throw it back to uh, when I was on spring break. Uh, we don't like vacations here, but uh, let's throw it, let's throw it back to uh, anti vacation to uh, when i was on spring break obviously there were there were numerous issues that came out uh of my spring break one the flu pod uh less than ideal yes but uh, uh also you had a uh a scarlet fever scare uh, yeah 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 a possible internal yeah, I bleeding thought you, i thought you developed some disease from the 16th century but <laughs> yeah um Scurvy. But scurvy. the scurvy, 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 uh, vitamin D deficiency. Um, but the shower at the Airbnb we we're staying at did not have hot water. So every day we were there, every one of us had I to take I a might have contributed to the scurvy. I don't think so. But every one of us had to take a cold shower. And when I say like everybody was in and out it was one bathroom we only had one bathroom everybody was in and out of the bathroom in five minutes total like everybody combined there was like a minute per person yeah no if if there's anything i've learned from this morning is that if you if you think you're wasting time in the shower go start cold forcing shower. yourself take cold, cold showers shower. and trust me trust me you'll save you'll not only save time but you will save a lot of water <laughs> save the planet save but, the planet everybody yeah no i just want to go out on record cold showers are for psychopaths uh i would a hundred percent put my roommate on some type of watch list uh when it comes to like organized crime he's definitely on a watch list right now uh but without further ado what is going on everybody welcome back to probably the most important episode of the waterboy podcast we ever put out 
It is episode 112, and the Memphis Grizzlies have officially been eliminated from the NBA playoffs. Dylan Brooks and John Morant are already in Cancun right now. We are recording this slightly early. It is 2 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday. 2 p.m. Pacific time uh, in L.A. is also still the morning, so good morning, everybody. Uh, I woke up probably 13 minutes ago. It is still the morning. But we got to dive in right to the NBA playoffs, Everett. So, obviously, game five is tonight. Uh, the series isn't over, but it's going to be over in five by the time we upload this video. Uh, so, this is what I want to start off with, Everett, in terms of the NBA. With the Giannis injury and how well the Lakers are playing right now, I, there better not be an ambulance that goes off in one sec. But it's going to be a Lakers-Celtics NBA Finals. Both teams are tied with the most rings in NBA history at 17. The winner takes all. Winner will get their 18th ring. Adam Silver and the NBA are pumped right now. You can lock it in. Lakers, Celtics, NBA Finals. So I, I know I know you're doing that for, for obviously for the bit, for it being Lakers, Celtics, and obviously we're both Lakers fans. Um, I actually <clears throat> think it's going to happen. Though. But – what like how do you feel about like the Suns and like the Heat then? Just I mean, well, the Heat's just Jimmy Butler, but how do you feel about the Suns then going up against the Lakers? So, so this is what I'm thinking about, uh, kind of about the outlook. So before we get to the Suns, I'm thinking next round we've already got past the Grizzlies. The series is done. But in terms of our next round matchup, you got the right Nuggets now, too. The Kings and Golden State, they're in a little bit. That series is getting a little, little, little tighter right now. Uh, we are obviously, we all want to light the beam, but we'll see what actually ends up happening there. But Sacramento's giving it to Golden State. And Wiggins did not play down the stretch. He had some personal family matters to attend to. And now he just kind of gets thrusted back into the playoffs. Now, suddenly Wiggins, oh shit, got to get back on your game. I think this favors the Lakers a lot in terms of this next round matchup with this Suns, uh, or not Suns, with uh, the Kings warrior series going so long. So I feel very good about uh, the conference semis. Now, Western conference finals. I am under the impression that the Suns are going to get by the nuggets relatively easily. When you look at Nikola Jokic, some people uh, such as our very own Shea Wyatt would say that he deserves a third straight MVP, but Everett, unlike some other sports, basketball players also have to play defense and Jokic has given up the most amount of points in the paint this season when he's the closest defender. So let's just say that uh, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, they're going to get theirs. They're going to get their points when they want to in this next series. So I, I think the Suns can skate by them pretty easily. I think they could get by them in five. Six also, I mean, like, we're, no talk, we're, talking about, we're talking about Kevin Durant to begin with. Devin Booker. Yes, Kevin Durant. DeAndre Ayton, who's still there. And Chris Paul, and who is notoriously Chris, a playoff choker, but Chris Paul, yeah. Look at Chris the Paul. past couple games, he was starting to score down the stretch. Uh I'm still I'm still concerned about the Suns, don't get me wrong. Still worried about them. I just think though that when I'm thinking about the depth of the Lakers compared to the Suns. I like who the Lakers can bring off the bench a little more. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I can't I can't name a single person off the Suns bench anymore. I don't even – is Cam Johnson still there? Like, I, I... – uh, No, he is not. Uh, so, like, right now, the Lakers 
Rui Hachimura is putting up massive points off the bench, and so is Schroeder, putting up massive points. D'Lo's been struggling a little bit. Uh, in game four, Jared Vanderbilt started off scoring pretty well on offense, but it's not a good sign hey. when Jared Vanderbilt is your leading scorer. You uh, forgot about the, the GOAT, quarter. though. You forgot about the GOAT, the, the leader of the team. Well, Austin Reeves is a starter. So, so he doesn't count as benchy. Okay. But we we also have a Reeves. They don't have a Reeves. Uh, there's that, too. I just... This Lakers bench, we were saying it last time, Rob Palenka pulled off the trade deadline uh, of all trade deadlines. What what he did to reconstruct the entire Lakers roster was absurd. I, I was looking back at it. I'm pretty sure the Lakers got Rui Hachimura for Kendrick Nunn, Everett. I think Kendrick yeah. Nunn was signed by the Lakers in, in like 2020 or 2021. And I'm not sure if he's that minimum, I'm pretty sure. Minutes. Right, that minimum. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's played over 15 minutes as a Laker uh since he got signed did, uh, so, did they also get malik beasley do they get malik beasley yeah, too malik in that lakers is in there the... as well uh he's been a little little hit or miss uh like we obviously brought him on to shoot we needed help shooting uh but Rui hachimura has stepped up as that big time three-point shooter when we need to get buckets he shot under 30 percent in the regular season from three but that's not the case anymore now that we're in the playoffs. I'm pretty yeah, sure no, the uh, 75% from three right now. The, the, Laker, the, the Lakers season. are on a train right now. They're moving. They are, they are hot. And if I'm a team in the West right now, they are probably the team that I want to play the least. Yeah, I, they're a frightening team to go up against. Them and the Suns, they're kind of on a collision course to match up in the Western Conference Finals right now. I would say that's probably going to end up happening. I, I think it'd be absurd if the Nuggets got past the Suns. I mean, Who knows, though? Jamal Bron Murray's kind Bron of turning back the clock. Bron can the smell the right ring, now. though. Bron can smell the ring. And when Bron smells the ring, uh, I'll be honest, scary. in that game four, when, uh, I mean, Bron, uh, vintage Bron, okay? <clears throat> they're, up by, uh, they're up by four, I want to say. He hits the layup to go up, and he it's an and-one attempt, so he could make this free throw to ice it vintage Braun. Of course, we all knew he wasn't making the fucking free throw. We all knew he wasn't going to make it. it. It's LeBron James. He can't make free throws. But when I saw that emotion out of him after he made that, the uh, game clinching layup. Oh my God. I saw that passion out of Braun. I haven't seen that in a while. I like, I, I don't, I haven't seen him turning it up like that in this series yet, really. So he he heard too LeBron much. All in right now. He heard too much disrespect about the Mickey Mouse ring, and now he's gonna really go and get one. Yeah, I mean, if anything, Dylan Brooks, uh, you push the wrong buttons here. You Actually, the, the right buttons. ones for us. The right ones for us. Oh the, no, no, the, no. I the, mean, the wrong ones. The Laker fan perspective. The, the wrong ones for the rest of the NBA. He 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 went the wrong yeah, direction yeah. with that. Yeah, no, uh, he did not help out the other 14 teams in the playoffs other than the Grizzlies. So yeah, uh, it did not, did not quite go to plan, but not only have the Grizzlies been eliminated ever, but the LA Clippers have also been eliminated from the playoffs after losing to the Suns. Uh, the so only team that Suns. could potentially 100% beat the Lakers because the Lakers can't fucking beat them. Yeah. So, you know, as a Laker fan and yeah, yeah, we'll admit we, we haven't beaten the Clippers since the bubble, but Ever, when you look at how poorly the Clippers have performed over the past three seasons after acquiring Kawhi and Paul George, the Clippers trading for Paul George is officially one of the worst trades in NBA history. And I would say it's the worst trade uh, in NBA history of the 21st century. 
I would say it's worse than the Nets Celtics blockbuster trade, which we now see where the Celtics are at and where the Nets are at. Of the, the two, you're, you're you're including you're including the Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett trade. In that. Yes, yes, that's what I was just referencing. I'm going to say that this Paul George trade is worse than that Nets trade. Okay, the Clippers traded Shea Gildius Alexander and five first round picks for Paul George to the Thunder. Okay, when you go all in on a trade giving up five first round picks, Everett, that trade is going to be judged on your postseason success. I'm sorry, that's how it's going to be judged. You don't get any credit for doing that trade if you just make it to one Western Conference uh, finals and lose. Okay, that's not that did not pay off for those trades. The Clippers have not achieved postseason success. And when you look at Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, in many of these recent playoff series, they haven't even been playing in that. They haven't even been on the court, Everett. So, yeah, I'm going to confidently say that this Paul George trade that the Clippers uh, pulled off was worse than the Celtics' next trade from the Nets' perspective. This is worse. Hold on. My, uh, my, my earbud decided to come out. That's, that's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta love it when you move your, get that last part. I I think so. Talk about the Nets. We're hearing frauds right now. I don't hear frauds. Oh, you're not hearing it. There's a loud, loud siren going off right now. Oh, there we go. And I got, I got it. I got it. I got, I got it. That's fine. Fire department. You, you can call me out, but (laughs) Uh, no, I, 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 here's, here's the thing. I, it's definitely a very bad trade by the perspective of what's come out of it. Obviously, Paul George is a great player, but he hasn't been all of what the Clippers expected him to be. And I, I the issue with my thing is obviously OKC is Shea's a he, was he an All Star this past year. He, either way, I mean, yeah, he's Shea, Shea's pretty good. He's, I mean, he's pretty good. And obviously all these picks, like they're set for a really long time. The Clippers don't really have that capital. Um, and OKC was in the play-in game too. So obviously they're building and they're, they don't even have a couple of their, yeah, their, their players. Didn't even play. This um, but I honestly think though, the Celtics trade Paul Pierce and, and Garnett, ob- we'll see what ends up happening once, you know, OKC has used all of these picks that they got, but the Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce trade for the Celtics to the Nets not only destroyed the Nets franchise to the point where they are now, but also set up the Celtics to literally have the team that they have now that was in the NBA Finals. Like I, yes, in my opinion, I'm going in my say, opinion, I mean, we're going to need more time to pass, but I think. But what also, the have done to set up the thunder by giving them this. Yeah, game. yeah, we'll see, we'll see, but also like if you want to talk about postseason success, the Nets never had postseason success with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. And on top of that, the Celtics got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, all these players that they used to now have the powerhouse team that you're talking about making the finals this year and that made the finals last year. So, I just personally think that because of that and what we've seen, that trade was worse on the perspective of it totally destroyed a team that didn't even compete and gave another team an opportunity to win multiple championships only years later. I, I I'm with that. This is, this is what I'm saying though, from the Clippers perspective, they've been able to make the playoffs the past 
I'm pretty sure they've made it the past three seasons. They've, they've had teams that could contend. I just wonder, I think they actually might be better off now if instead of, you know, trading for Paul George and Kawhi who don't even play in their playoff series, they could have just had picks and, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander. But it's also the Clippers. The Clippers don't didn't have, yeah, I'll not, be honest. have not had a great track record. Make fun of the Clippers. Yeah, I, the, I truly hate Clipper fans so much. The, the Clippers also, so to be fair with the Clippers, they've never been able to develop a team out of their own draft picks to be like a top team in the NBA. So I get it trading for Paul Pierce and obviously signing Kawhi, but um, I don't think that new stadium that they're building is uh, going to have a championship to go in with it. Definitely not. Uh, no. But I, I kind of hope they hang some like participation banner. You know, like, I mean, they haven't won the Pacific Division in a while, but like they could put that up there. Like they could have beaten the, the Lakers last, the last five Western times conference finals appearance. They can put that up there. I know uh, the Phillies, they handed out rings for making the World Series, for winning the NLCS, for hanging the pennant. They put they gave their teams rings. Team, teams, teams, teams do technically um, get rings for winning the championship, and then you get a different ring for like the World Series or. Um, well, fair enough, but I'm just saying I don't remember the Dodgers ever celebrating their two NLCS. Uh, oh no, but I guarantee you, they still probably got ring. They they still no, probably yeah, got rings. They're for not it. making a big scene out of it, doing an on-field ceremony giving handing uh the rings out no way the dodgers are doing that. i just talking talking about rings um frauds <laughs> frauds you hear it um i don't do you have other stuff for the nba uh that that's kind of all all i really want to go i just i just wanted into. to throw out i just uh, wanted to throw out we were talking about rings can we just talk about arkansas's ring real quick did you see this the other the other week arkansas so arkansas, arkansas for for college football college college football college football so what did they win in college football? What? So when you win a bowl game, you get a ring for winning the bowl game, but typically teams don't aren't like parading it around. Arkansas went, I think, like six and but they had a negative record last year. It's not six and seven. Or they went six and six. They went maybe they, they had to have gone six and six. They went six and six. Uh and they won their yeah, bowl I mean, game. They won the Liberty Bowl and they go on social media, they got their rings, they posted it on Twitter. They're like look at these beautiful, beautiful rings. They're like doing the whole videos, like as if they won like the Natty or the Sugar Bowl or something, as if like the ring is like this great thing. And I guarantee you, it's probably like $40. So it's, it's just funny. And they got, they got absolutely roasted for, for putting up their bowl ring and acting like it was like the, the, the biggest win in, in school history. Yeah. Uh, kind of funny seeing how you know different teams treat their wins uh treat their you know handle their program uh a lot of differences all, all around but uh ever before we <clears throat> dive into football i, I want to bring up something real quick in the mlb the minnesota twins just picked up a series win over the yankees this week everett this is the first time the twins have beaten the yankees in a series in our lifetime everett the twins have not beaten the yankees in a series since 2001 well your lifetime i i it's happened in my lifetime well no because the twins never beat the yankees in the postseason and you're in october baby so uh, no, you're right we're not alive for it everett 
You're I right. did my fucking research. You're right. I'm not gonna lie. The the Yankees have owned the Twins, and that's that's typically been every single time the Twins are in the postseason. They always every single time match up with the Yankees, and they lose every single time. And I I'm I'm hoping that for for the 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 Twins' success this year, you know, one they've they've stereotypically have had terrible pitching. This year they have I think the best the best pitching, you know, rotation in the MLB. Um, we might I think have to slow down slightly. I think on they're that, over. No, I think Lopez their overall very, ERA, very like nice their, right their, 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 their rotation ERA is like 2.9 right now. Total like combined. Is it actually, I think Sonny, Sonny Gray has the second lowest ERA right now at like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8. Oh my uh, God. Sonny Gray has a 0. 0.6 yeah the hell what what spider attack do they have in minnesota God damn. <laughs> i don't Seven know joe hell. joe ryan joe ryan is five and oh if you were if you listen to this podcast last year during baseball season i talked a lot about joe ryan and Luis arise but joe ryan is like my guy he's like my fa- he's my favorite pitcher in the mlb um i'm i'm happy to see him doing better but the fact that the the bullpen's doing way better this year and they beat the yankees in a full series joey gallo gave him a big fu by the way multiple oh, yeah. multiple home I runs i felt very uh, it, it was very great to see that from from uh from gallo really should have should have known that it was coming when when joey gallo was on the team i mean joe joey definitely hates the yankees like it's going through like their entire stuff from last year give all the team the knowledge but hopefully yeah, them beating so the yankees I, I, having a good bullpen will actually lead to success this year I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I have not been following my Minnesota twins as closely as you have. And yes, you are correct. Their starting pitching has been phenomenal to start the year. Sunday Gray with a 0.6 Joe Ryan with a two, eight and a 0.8 whip Pablo Lopez with a flat three ERA and a one Oh three whip Tyler Maley out here with a three, three, two ERA and a one, one, five whip. That's dominant pitching right there. Uh, so I, I would say, uh, shit, even Kenta Maeda is still on the Twins. He, he's not off to that hot of a start. He, but, he took a comebacker to the uh, shin, so. Oh, 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 okay. Kenta always has a special place. Yeah, give give, him, give but, him a little slack. But, yeah, no, I, I just want to say I think it's absurd. Uh, I would assume that the Twins – well, now the MLB has a new rule where every single team will have at least one series against every other team each season. Yeah, that just went into effect this year. Yeah, but considering that both these teams are AL, uh, like both in the AL, I would assume that these teams have certainly played at least one series a year over the past twenty-two years. Oh uh, no, they've played multiple, multiple series. They they had to. Have. So yeah, when I when I read that, I was like, wait a second, Everett, this is literally the first time it's happened in our life. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, but it's hey, it's it's bad. Turning it around, the twins are turn, turning. All, it around. all I will add is, are the twin the twins have had uh, been a mediocrity for a while. Even when they had Joe Mauer, they were still in mediocrity. And on top of that, the Yankees have gone from Derek Jeter to Aaron Judge in our lifetime. That was essentially our entire lifetime is Derek Jeter to Aaron Judge. So, um, might add up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, some, some things there, there are definitely some factors that you know can could influence contribute it to these things. yeah uh but okay moving on to 
football. Uh, I got one quick little thing in college football, Everett. Some okay. more Colorado transfer portal drama. So since Monday, now 18 players have officially entered the portal from Colorado. And since Deion Sanders was hired, 41 players have entered the portal, Everett. Uh, I've been in a little bit of a debate this morning with our very own Shadwick Bailey uh, when it comes to Deion Sanders and his uh, coaching approach. Uh, in my opinion, I'm not sure if the media painting out Dion as this awful guy is, is quite necessarily fair or deserved. So I just want to say Colorado, uh, right when Dion got hired, there were a ton of clips going around of Dion addressing the players for the first time saying, yeah, I'm bringing baggage with me and it's Louie. Uh, like I don't accept mediocrity and like essentially told at, like the players to transfer going to be here. Yeah. Uh, happy or are going to hit the transfer portal and leave. Uh, but after their spring game, a good amount of starters entered the portal. So, so they had the four star receiver that we were talking about. And mm -hmm. also in January, when Dion first got hired, he picked up a four star tackle transfer portal pickup from Florida. And now that player has re entered the transfer portal after spring ball. So now that's way different than telling the third string safety, yeah, you're not good enough transfer. It's different when the starters are leaving. Uh, yeah. I also, just out of here, you think that this is an inside job? You think when Deion Sanders got there and he like just pissed off all of the players with, with the speech and they were like, you know what? You know what? We're going to get him back. We're going to stay here. We're going to, we're going to work out. We're going to utilize the facilities. We're going to go off in the spring game. Okay. We're going to get our film and then we're gone. Okay. Then we're just gone. All of us gone. Dion, you mean? No, 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 no. The players. Meaning oh, the, player, the, the players, the players, the players just decided to make a coup and uh, just all, all leave right after the spring game. Well, I, I, I would say that for most of those players who did enter for the 18 of them, I, I would say it's safe to assume that most of those guys had made up their mind that they were going to enter the portal like significantly in advance of the spring game. I don't think it just suddenly happened overnight. Uh, but in terms of your question of it being a coup, may, maybe, may, like, could be, maybe, I'm not possibility. Sure. I, I, I would just say though that I was expecting a lot of Colorado players or previous Colorado players to enter the transfer portal just with it, Dion coming in and a new staff, like forget him being Dion, just with staff turnover. And also considering they went one and 11 last year. Yeah. I, I, I assumed there were going to be a lot of players entering the portal. I didn't think that was a crazy assumption, but I'm just very shocked that starters are leaving that that's where I'm like, Ooh, why would Some, a starter? What is going on in Colorado? Yeah, I mean, we're like, trying I, to get to the bottom. I, I also the thing that I find interesting is Dion got. Uh, I think he's a corner from Jackson State. Transit followed him there. He yeah. Transferred to Colorado. Travis Hunter. Yeah. No, not Travis Hunter. Different, different guy. Different guy. Oh, another guy. I don't know if he was a safety or court, whatever. But he was. He played for him at Jackson State. Transferred to him with like followed him to Colorado. He also entered the portal after the spring game. So it's just interesting to me. Somebody who's been around Dion obviously was with him last year. 
also elected to transfer after the spring game. So I don't know. There's got to be so something. I, yeah, I did not know that. There's got to be something is, going on. That is and I was, I was more surprised the fact that there were, I mean, every, the, my God, English, uh, everybody, there was a huge turnout for like the fans uh, at the spring game. It looked like Colorado football was turning around. Players had great performances were being used. I'm just confused why these things are happening because it doesn't make it doesn't add up. Something doesn't add up on paper. Yeah, no, there, there's certainly you know something something going on here that uh, I can't quite put my finger on. But I also just want to say that Colorado they have they have have had 41 players enter the portal since Dion took over, but they've also picked up 30 players in the transfer portal as well. So, like, obviously, in this specific spring window, they just lost 18, and I don't think they've picked up any transfers in the meantime. No, so not yet. Obviously, that's a problem. It, I, I just want to say though that I think a lot of people are like coming at Dion for being like a harsh coach, for being a, a little tougher on the players. But I would argue that I'm not sure how many college coaches there are out there that aren't hard on kids. I, I, I kind of feel like uh, in order to, to succeed as a coach, you, you do have to be a little hard. I, on kids, I, I, right? I think, I think the definition of hard is dependent on the coach. I think yeah. every, every coach is definitely a little bit strict and obviously they want good performances. They want their, their, their players to be good people, not make mistakes. You know, that, that like that, you know, those kind of things just, what you assume from any kind of coach Teach some life lessons, but I, I think that some coaches are a little bit more strict about it than others. Um, and I think yeah, a lot I, of yeah, it, another thing, the big thing is like in practice, obviously it's one thing, but outside of practice, if it's just like a general, you're just talking to coach and he's still kind of like that, that is a kind of a different thing to me. Yeah. It's, bit of a bit of a bad side i would also say like when you think of like a nick saban or a bill belichick those guys they kind of earned the right to be hardos and be very tough because they have the winning success they have the resume to go along with it, it also innately bill belichick bill, bill belichick you, say is right bill belichick it has always been known as kind of a hard ass to begin with so you know what you're getting into if you're yeah. going to the patriots yeah, but like what I think of, like, for example, Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia, when they left and tried to be uh, in their first NFL head coaching stints, they both failed. And a lot of that reason was because they tried to just be Bel uh, Bill Belichick, take on his persona. But you can't really act that way and ha still have respect from your players if you don't really have a resume to back it up or prove it. Uh, and so I could definitely see their – Colorado players that might not think Dion has earned the right to act the way he is. Uh, but like, then again, I also just want to say Colorado was one in 11 last year. I, I would assume that Dion Sanders would be a little hard coming into that room, into that facility, taking over one in 11 team. It's just, it's also just change. interesting that uh, the players, maybe he's doing it the wrong way. Did the window close and now it's just reopened? Is that, or has it been open this whole time? Well, Everett, that's the best part about all this. When, when is the transfer uh, portal window open? So, Who the fuck knows? Uh, according to the rules, there we're now in the post-spring transfer portal window. 
which uh, begins immediately once spring ball is done for many teams during that uh, spring game. But the second your spring practice is done, there's a new transfer portal window open. However, we all know that these guys are getting called literally throughout the entire season, any time of the year uh, about the transfer portal. Uh, So I'm pretty sure that the extended December window, I'm pretty sure it opens December 1st. Uh, And for many players, if you're still have a bowl game or a conference championship, they're technically allowed to enter the portal, but most of them won't do it until their season is over. It's over. Yeah. Uh, But there have been some Ohio state players in the past who have put their name in the portal. The second December 1st rolls around because they're third strings and they know they're not going to play. Anyways, it's not going to make a difference. Yeah. Enter. But yeah, technically the portal's open right now, but it, it is it is open 24-7, 365. The portal's never closed. You're constantly contacting kids. So uh let's just say I, I wouldn't be surprised if in February or March that some of these Colorado players were starting to hit up other coaches like, hey, I want out. What do you have? Yeah, they just don't like it. I, I that's the thing that I just I this is where I don't understand it though is the the guy who's come from Jackson State and now wants to leave again. Maybe he just wasn't going to get time that's or very something. Interesting to me. That's just interesting that's to me. Interesting. Uh, if it were up to me, I would assume that it's know. it's also it's also like okay they're 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 one of their top wideouts their starter dropped what one seventy three in a touchdown in in the spring game and he also. And yeah. enter the portal, so the, it's, it's just yeah, weird. He had a Randy Moss stat line of like three catches, one seventy, and two touchdowns. It's <laughs> it's it's very weird. Um, okay, let's get in the NFL. Yeah. Um, to start, this is going up on Thursday. This is going up tomorrow. Obviously, you're said earlier. We're recording yeah, on Wednesday, the twenty sixth. Tonight. Uh, tonight. It is it is tonight. Um, most people will probably be watching this after the draft occurs. So I guess you can compare what we talk about to uh, what happened, but yeah, in a way I'd say it's arguably more fun. I, I think, yeah, I think that the, the, the biggest thing right now is I, I don't know about you outside of the first overall pick. I have no idea what the, fuck's, no going idea what the fuck's going to go on. I have zero yeah. clue. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so confused. So <laughs> I have, I have like, no idea. Uh, like apparently, apparently this morning, Will Levis is risen significantly up in terms of betting odds to go. Yeah. Uh, you know two. why that happened though? You know why that happened? Because somebody, no, to me the somebody, somebody anonymously, not seeing the loophole. somebody anonymously on Reddit was talking about how Will Levis was telling his camp that like he's gonna go to Carolina at one. Oh, that was it. And yes. his draft yes. stock overnight yes. rose, and now people are like Bryce Young is at minus two thousand. So you're like, oh, maybe he's talking about the Texans. And then obviously there's the whole thing about the Vikings trading up to two or three to get Will Levis, which by the way is bullshit. And that will be confirmed if you're watching this after the draft, because I guarantee you did not happen. It didn't happen. If it didn't, didn't happen, happen though, oh my god! You you should go check out Everett's Twitter if it did. Happen. If it if it did happen, if it did happen, cut what I just said, clip that, and go. I'm not gonna do it. You have to do it. You watching? You're doing this. Cut what I just said. Clip it. <laughs> clip it and send it to Old Takes Exposed. 
Yeah, there for you a go. second, I thought you were talking to me. I'm like, whoa, this is no, 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 no. You watching, <laughs> you watching. Cut what I just said about the Vikings not drafting Will Levis at two. Cut it and send it to Old Takes Exposed. But I, 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 yeah, I think that happens. I mean, we're going to go, go nuts. Everything, everything that's going on, I think, is just a massive smokescreen right now. I think that just shit's just flying everywhere. And I, I do think, I, I honestly do think that the, care, the, the Panthers and the Texans both already know exactly who they want. And now the issue yeah, for- Yeah, I would be for, surprised if the Panthers essentially made this pick two weeks ago. The, Pan- the Panther, yeah. And also the, the Texans, I personally think that they're going to go defense. I still think that's Will Anderson. I think that the Tyree Wilson is, is just bullshit because people are trying to get Will Anderson to fall to them. Um, but I, I think that the Texans already have their mind. They know that Carolina's drafting a quarterback. So like, okay, we can get whoever we want on defense. They're going to take Will Anderson. And the, now it's the issue is the Cardinals and everybody after them. It's who's going to trade up because yeah. obviously no trades have happened of the time we're recording this and it's the, the random the random ass teams it's what what are the vikings going to do because i'm not I, i'm not going to lie as a vikings fan typically we have some idea last year proved that we don't percentage confidence do you have in what who they're going to pick do you have like a five percent confidence five five so yeah you're this is going to be a shock to you as long as, as well as everybody else. But like, look, like when we had, when Rick Spielman was our, was our GM, like we had a general idea. And also uh, Paul Allen, I think you're aware of who Paul Allen is now, um, who he, he does a radio show for the Vikings and he and Rick Spiel like Rick Spielman would basically always tell him like who the pick is going to be. So Vikings Twitter typically had an idea of what it is. Last year proved to us that we don't know what the fuck's going on because Quasi traded back. 13, 14, 15 spots or whatever. And we got Lewis seen that nobody saw coming. Uh, I certainly didn't. And then, you know, this year, we don't have that many picks. I don't think that they're going to stay at 23, but we could trade up 13 spots. We could trade up 20 spots. We could trade back out of the first round. We could trade back five spots. Like there's so many different possibilities that could happen and so many different players that this team needs. I legitimately don't know what's going on. And the only way that I will throw a shit fit about who the team drafts is if it's Will Levis or if it's a running back. If we draft a running back in the first round, arguably, even if it's B. John Robinson, I'm, I'm not going to be thrilled. I'll take Bijan, yeah, but I'll I swear honest, to God, if it's Jameer Gibbs, I'm not going to be hyped happy. if the Chargers took any running backs in the first round. Like, if, I, I, if, I, my, if Bijan was there at 21, I would not be happy with that. The, uh, the Waterboy value chart, running backs are not super positionally, not yeah, super high. Tajay, Tajay, I mean, Tajay, obviously, Tajay's obviously the most valuable running back in the NFL history, but um, as a position group in the first round, running backs are not like that big of a of, of a of a rating it's running back linebacker tight end and guard um but i it's i i have an idea of a couple of teams where certain players will go um but i am not fully sure of like where in there because there are also random names coming up right now like isaiah foskey I tweeted this out earlier. 
I think he's yeah, going. So he's, been, he's, he's going been in the first round. Up a little bit. He's going he's in the first round. Up a little bit on boards. Uh, I, I some other guys that I saw were kind of jumping up some mock drafts recently. Uh, Clark Phillips. I'm a massive fan of him. I've seen him going up. Uh, some some have him going the second round now. For a long time, I was yeah. under the impression he was going to go late day two, late third round. Now I'm seeing some got him in round two. Uh, over some other corners like Julius Brents. Uh, I, I have Julius. I have stuff. Julius Brents. Oh. I I think Julius Brents is going to go much higher than everybody thinks. Well, we you can come back to this, obviously, if you're not watching this after the draft. And I, I you, we literally mean you. You whoever's watching this. Uh, I I I mean I might if I if I'm right about this. Just saying, <laughs> but I I think Julius Brents is going to be a second round pick, and I think that he's going to go high in the second round. Uh, yeah, I, I think also you know, just want to say, I got, I got a just, list I just, of a couple I just want to say guys that I when, when Julius Brents goes high in the second round, go back and watch our podcast with Shay, especially if you're, you work for an NFL team yeah. and go fucking watch the film of him versus Julius yeah. Brents at K-State. Go check it out. Uh, you know, th- this could go real quick. I, I got a couple of day two, uh, guys that I really like a lot and would be thrilled if the Chargers were to get them, or I, I, I think so, some of these guys could really be difference makers. Uh, so, of course, Tajay Spears out of Tulane. We've been yeah. saying this all year. This man's going to change your franchise, going to literally completely revolutionize your offense. Uh, Clark Phillips, I just mentioned. Clark Phillips is a baller. He's a gamer. There was a period of time where he was committed to Ohio State, last second decommits, goes to Utah. I've been following him throughout his whole career. Go look at what Clark Phillips did against Jackson Smith and Jigba in the Rose Bowl. Go watch that tape, okay? Clark Phillips was dominant in that game. Uh, next, Dewan Jones, big Thanos, tackle out of Ohio State. There was a period of time where he, me and – not really you, but I was thinking, hey, he might sneak in late first round. Haven't really seen those uh, – Predictions. He'll go in the uh, highest second round. I think that he'll quite, be a, a top frequently, but top I, the I round. think there's just so much upside in Dewan. I think there's so much upside that you can look at. And uh yeah, big Thanos. Uh two wide receivers I want to bring up next. Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, who we've been talking about a little bit, and Marvin Mims. Uh now, two years ago, you uh I had the pleasure as the offensive coordinator for Tulane. Yes, I had the pleasure. Offensive coordinator for Tulane. Offensive coordinator, but yes. Well, well, for the Oklahoma game, you were the defense. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I got you. Sorry, I, I I forgot. I had, I, I was really dehydrated that day. Okay, I forgot what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the hurricane in this place. You lost. It was a lot. It was a lot going on. You were game planning for Marvin Mims, and going into that 2021, 2022 season. I was hearing so much talk about Marvin Mims being one of the best receivers in college football, how at the time people thought him and Spencer Rattler were going to be a good duo. We knew, we know how that turned out, obviously not. But last year, Marvin Mims, I expected him to be one of the guys to leave Oklahoma and go to USC with Lincoln, but he didn't. And last year, we know what happened with Oklahoma kind of flew under the radar. No one was talking about Mims, but I think Mims, can really be one of those guys to take the top off. I, I think he's he he's smaller, he, like he, he <clears throat> oh my god he's definitely smaller. But also like look at the wide receivers that the Chiefs are all drafting that are speedsters. 
Marvin Mims, in my opinion, fulfills that kind of concept, like the the the, the no, physicality. I go to Chiefs. I'm not saying that, but I I'm saying I'm saying comparatively, Byron Pringle, Michael Hardman, Tyreek Hill, like those kind of speedster wide receivers that they like to draft. Tony, Tony that they like to draft. Cool, yeah. Smaller wide receivers, speed upside. They Sky like, Moore. they like. Well, I was that Skymore kind of helps and goes against my points, but they don't like taking those kind of receivers. <laughs> they they know that you're not supposed to take those kind of receivers in the first round because you go with actual credibility over speed. Um, but Marvin Mims, I like. I saw him do this in person. He's a great wide receiver. I think he's going to do really well in the NFL. I think he's going to be a slot guy though. He's going to be kind yeah, of the, but you know, I, he can take opportunities. No, he definitely, he definitely can. And the team could surprising. use that. Um, but I, 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 I do like Marvin Mims or, or uh, Mingo. Both of them are going to be good. Mingo very much reminds me of DK Metcalf from the tape that I've seen. And that, that kind of scares me. Um, so it, it's like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf kind of together. That that is high praise for Mingo. That I, I'm not quite sure I, I'm gonna give him that that maybe well in college. I, I mean like, maybe maybe more a little bit more AJ Brown than than DK, but no, yeah, but he's he's a big frame guy, 6'2-220, ran in the four fours. So yeah, I mean the only other the only other Ole Miss wide receiver I can p- compare him to is Laquan Treadwell, and I'm not going to do that for the sake of his no, career. No, no, so no, that's bad. <laughs> so I just remember you texted me. I was like, I was sitting there, I was watching the draft, and oh, I was oh, like, he was so good at. I, I was like, I was like, why? Oh, I I wanted I wanted Will Fuller, and we drafted Laquan, and I was like, what? Like, dude, why? And you were like, no, trust Laquan is going to be great. He was so good at Ole Miss, and he was terrible. Um. But I, I, I oh, definitely yeah, that's one that I'll I'll never get over. I was so um, Laquan Treadwell. I was just so imagine if Laquan tre- like actually like worked out, and now you have Laquan Treadwell and Justin Jefferson, or you had Laquan Treadwell, Stefan Diggs, and Adam Thielen all together. Yeah, I mean, who <sighs> knows? In a way, it could be bad if he panned out because maybe you wouldn't have gone for JJ. So, like, who knows? I mean, who knows? But Stefan might have been on the team still. I, I don't know. Um. I, anyways, yeah. I. I mean, I. I. I definitely. I definitely. I think that those are all good picks. Your team, like the thing with you guys, is you need to really build out once you get that wide receiver. If we got Mingo or Mims. Oh my god. I think it's also oh. dependent on what. I don't think oh, Austin Eckler might. Austin Eckler might not get traded until after the draft. I'm also hearing that there are just a lot of teams out there who. The Chargers pick up the phone. You want Eckler? They're like, no, <laughs> no, we don't want to deal with this contract. But, but like, that's that's the interesting thing is I think that the Vikings are going to trade Dalvin Cook during the draft. I think the Vikings are going to trade Dalvin Cook during the draft. We got to go over this recently. I'm pretty sure Dalvin on his Instagram story he covered up the Vikings logo. Yeah, he and put a nice little emoji. We're joking about this, but it sounds stupid. But that literally is him publicly saying. I do not like what's going on. That that's that's how they do it now. They go on social media. That's yeah, that's saying. how you do it. You clear uh, <laughs> out your entire Instagram and Twitter and delete all of your tags and stuff. Uh, yeah, but speaking uh, of that, Dylan Brooks cleared his whole Instagram. But I digress. well, I mean, I would delete everything too after the performance I just put out. So yeah, I delete the account. <laughs> I just I would delete all social media. I would I would I wouldn't be coming back to that for a while. Go um. Yeah, I mean, if I'm one of his teammates too, I probably don't want to be tagged in a picture with him. Um, but I'd block him if I was. Drunk. <laughs> uh, 
but like the the Dolphins were have been very highly connected to Dalvin Cook for months now. Uh, even before free agency, when there was oh, rumors about what what we were gonna do with Dalvin, obviously we didn't trade him then. Uh, and then they signed. I think they re-signed the running backs. Uh, the Dolphins want to trade back into the first round, I think, to either draft a tight end or a running back. I think I've heard a lot of stuff about Jameer Gibbs training and to get Jameer Gibbs. Um, but I've also heard that if Dalvin Cook's available, they're going to go after and get a trade package for him. And that makes sense to me because I think the bigger thing is if the Vikings draft a running back, they, they'd be more willing to part ways with Dalvin Cook. Uh, and it's just looking like that's the way that it's going to go. Um, but for the fact that the Vikings don't really have a lot of mid round picks right now, I think that it makes so much sense to trade Dalvin cook. You're going to pick up maybe two mid round picks, even if it's two fifths or something, I'd, I'd rather do, I'd rather get two fourths, two fifths than a third. Um, cause I know that third round pick is going to be used on running back to replace him anyways. So I'd rather not just do one for one, but, uh, that makes sense. We don't know what's going to happen the first round. If they trade up, they might trade away the first round pick, their third round pick and maybe another pick. So they're going to need that capital. Um, so I think that that just makes sense in my, in my, in my book. Uh, I, I don't think Dalvin Cook's going to be on the team. And also with that trade, like the trades, I think are really not just the draft pick trades, but if DeAndre Hopkins gets traded, like let's say the Bills trade, they get DeAndre Hopkins, right? Yeah, uh-huh. they're not going to draft a wide receiver in the first round if Quinton Johnston falls. So where does he go? Or another team, if another team trades for for DeAndre Hopkins, right? Let's say that what's a what's another wide receiver needy team? Let's say the Giants trade for DeAndre Hopkins, right? Where's where's Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison going to go? Because the Chargers might pick up one of them. After that, does it go to the Vikings? Do the Bills take somebody? Do do the Chiefs take somebody? Like we don't we don't really know. And then obviously we uh, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler is on the table. Um, I mean, who 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 really knows? And there are all these random rumors too about what wide receivers are going to get drafted. Like I heard the Jets are targeting JSN. Like, I doubt that happens. I I'd be shocked if it happened. But at the same time, oh my god. Holy shit, could you imagine that? Garrett and JSN back together with Aaron. Oh man. Oh. Like, I mean, I, I gotta put on for my Ohio State guys. I want them to do well, but at some point I gotta get back to reality as a Chargers fan. I do not want that. Uh like JSN of the Jets would be phenomenal for him, but for me, no, it would not be good. Uh I, I also I've said this before. I'm gonna say this again. I really do think that I, I've also heard rumors of the Texans possibly trading down in the first round right now with that second pick, the 12th pick, which I could see happening. Uh, I think that the Texans don't go quarterback in the first round, and I think that they're, they're the team that are going to end up taking Head and Hooker. They might take Jake Hanner. I think that they might take one of those. Seriously, they might – Jake Hayner might be, and they, they might just throw him in there. And I mean, it's him, Davis Mills, or Case Keenum. Who gives a fuck? You're going to get a quarterback next year. And you just see which one of them is going to be the most capable backup for the future. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they've been calling, calling you out for uh, Texans not going quarterback, thinking like, oh, well, I mean, they can get a franchise guy. Like, and well, not even that. A lot of people are saying, well, like, there's no guarantee the Texans will be back here next year. 
we can't guarantee that. No, no, no. Like we can guarantee we can. that, guys. Like we can. We, we can do that. Uh, <laughs> people forget. I mean, the Texans choke job of the year should have had the number one overall pick. Should have. Uh, and yeah. I do think that if so, they did, if they did have the number one overall pick, they they would take a quarterback this year. They would take Bryce Young or CJ. Um, but I think the difference now is. But I think they probably would have taken Bryce Young. But I think the, I think the difference now is you're at two. You have this great quarterback class. Will Anderson's sitting there, not going to go one. It's value, best player available. That's what makes sense to me. And on top of that, like all these teams that succeed, all have developed their team before they've gotten their rookie quarterback. The Chargers have had yeah. had Chargers had a developed team before they got a rookie quarterback. Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is an anomaly, but had a developed team before they got a quarterback. Uh, Bengals are a bit of an exception. They quickly but, put everything together after. Joe well, Burrow well, we'll just we'll just like say three. Joe. They they technically put the team together before they got a quarterback because yeah. Joe Burrow played like In four games. Um, yeah. Like, then look at what what happened with the Dolphins. Look what happened with the Bears with Trubisky. That team was not put together at all, and Trubisky ass. Justin Fields, they're starting to put the team together now, but it's not put together. It's not. It's not. They're going to waste his entire contract. He might not develop. Zach Wilson, just dog shit in general, but um, that's also an anomaly. He had a team. Kind of had a team. Kind of had a team. He's just ass. He's just ass. He's just bad. Um, yeah. Tua, uh, Tua, Tua didn't really have a team in in Florida and in, in Miami, and didn't play well until they built it up a little bit more and even then i mean got derailed by injury but um yeah landing spot matters a lot who who they have around them matters a lot and what situation you draft your quarterback into can carry a lot of weight uh like i'm Dwayne, also just also like impression caleb williams if he was draft eligible he'd be the number one pick in the so well um, I, yeah most a hundred percent but also like i was about to say washington's talking about trading back to try and get assets to trade up for one next year if they don't get it uh to get caleb williams so god pray for his career um they need to fix that field he might not have an acl after like week two uh but also like the same thing like Dwayne haskins rest in peace like he, he didn't have a team around him got thrown in there didn't do well like it's that's kind of yeah it's kind of the, the the notion and that's why like i mean we'll see with the panthers i mean they kind of it's average they have an average team i would say it's not great but like texans aren't at that point panthers are colts definitely are at a point where they can have a rookie quarterback and might be able to do well um vikings would I, be yeah, i think the colts are Colts are a nice, very nice landing spot. I, I think it's yeah, no, definitely. Simple. Titans, if the Titans got a rookie quarterback, I don't think they'd do well. They're set up. They're to ass. Fail. They're ass. They're set up to they're ass. lose. They're not good. But that's just kind of my mindset, and I I think at the end of the day, the teams that are going to be walking out of the first round with the quarterback are going to be um, the Titans, the Panthers, the Colts. Colts. And right now, the way I'm feeling is the Vikings are going to end up with the first round quarterback. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's also interesting. We, we got to see 
which quarterbacks go early. I think that we're going to have a team trade up into the top three to go get a quarterback. I think, I think that that's the Titans. That's the way that I have it planned out still. And I was, I was redoing my mocks and I, I, I just honestly couldn't see a way that the Cardinals one would be willing to trade back any further than 11 and or 12. Well, I also don't there. think the Cardinals would trade back if Will Anderson's on the board. Oh like, no. Like, if, I think if, if Will Anderson's on the board, he's, board, he's, then yeah. they're like, okay, let's go do the trade. Come on. Yeah. And that also uh, is what, I mean, it's possible if Tyree Wills, if it's not smoke and mirrors, if Tyree, if Tyree Wilson actually goes to, to, to the Texans, which isn't impossible. It is possible. Yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, we think it's nuts, but it's not. It's I mean, it's what happened with Tra- Trayvon Walker one. went one last year. So <laughs> who knows? Right. But if he goes one, if he goes, if he goes two, Will Anderson will go three. Then that sets us up. Okay. So we have Colts at four at five. We have, who is at five? Who's at five? Uh, the Lions. Uh, n- right. No, five is five is the Seahawks. Five. You oh, have the Seahawks. Seahawks. So much, I've uh, people think that they're going to take Anthony Richardson. They just signed Geno Smith to a contract extension. There's no way that they're going to do that. Um, I, I just think for Seattle, if, Jalen Carter, any defensive player. CJ somehow there at five. Also, I mean, look, they they're going to be one of three defensive players there. It's either going to be Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, or Jalen Carter. One of those three are going to be there. They're going to take one of them. That's just what makes sense to me. There, Pete Carroll loves his defense, unless Russell Wilson's on the team. But, um, like, so it, it now comes in where are people going to start trading. Because they're going to be quarter. They're not going to slide out of the, the top 10. There's no way that happens. So did the Lions trade back? Like, when, who's going to be willing to part ways with possibly getting one of these top players, top defensive players? Because I have no offensive players going in, in the top 10 um, that aren't quarterbacks until like eight or nine. And those are, that's Bijan and an offensive tackle. And both of those teams could trade back and those players could go later. Yeah, no, I think there's just a lot of things to consider. This is something that I heard from Dan Orlovsky, our favorite. Uh, he was bringing up something about the quarterback position and drafting quarterbacks, and he was, I think we can agree on this, there's nothing harder to find in the NFL than a franchise quarterback. That's oh, the yeah, no. thing to get right. I mean, I, my... So, what, what was that? Dan Orlovsky, he was saying that for a team that is, quote-unquote, a quarterback away, let's say the San Francisco 49ers. And obviously they don't have this draft capital, but let's say the 49ers had picks 10 and picks 18 in the draft. Dan Orlovsky was suggesting for teams that are a quarterback away that it might not be crazy to take two quarterbacks in the first round, have them battle it out, and whoever wins is the guy. Now, on the front end, that's nuts. Why the hell would you do that? You're literally saying one of these quarterbacks I'm drafting as a backup. But at the same time, getting that franchise quarterback is so hard. And I I would say the hit rate on a franchise quarterback isn't quite high. That I, I don't necessarily hate this take as much as the public immediately says. This is what I'm going to say. Because, right, like, look at it. If you're really that desperate and you needed this draft... Okay, right. These are your first well, two picks. Also, this year, I'm not sure if there are the quarterbacks. No, I, I, but let's just say in a good year. Okay. Yeah. I still think that this is a decent class, uh, much better than last year, to say the least. Um, 
but like th- that's that's possible and it, it, it incites competition so somebody could pan out but now the issue is i mean development issues or confidence issues well, my one thing all that because if it's if it's if it's also like you have a player that you draft at 12 and then you draft another quarterback same position at 18 right the player that's at 12 might yeah. be like am i not good enough like do you not think that i'm good enough and the player well, that's at, what i was saying the like, player at 18 might also be like the player at 18 yeah. might be like okay well shit like i'm the second choice and that also might be like okay yeah, i'm no, the no, second no. choice i'm gonna go win there's but there's so many factors it's like the, I, like you want your quarterback to have the, the way confidence that this is my mentality this is my mentality with it is if i have two first round picks i might pack if i really want a quarterback that i, I i'm in love with i could package them up but in general like i'm more of the mindset of recuperating my picks getting picks i'm still gonna have two picks in the first round i just might trade around a little bit I would just take one quarterback and I take another position I need that I really like because I'm developing my team around a quarterback. Right. And if, if that quarterback's not good, if he's ass, right. Let's say that I take him and he ends up panning out that first year. He looks like a seventh rounder. He looks, he looks like Zach Wilson. Okay. (laughs) The next year, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to draft another quarterback and I'm going to keep, it's one of those things where it's because it's such an important position and you have, it's, it's a new, it's a new year, right? Like you Mm -hmm. disregard what you did the first, it didn't work. The player's not good. Right. The first round to begin with, not most teams don't hit on their first round picks. Most teams don't like when you look at all these mock redrafts, right. From random drafts, you never, the first overall pick almost always is never the same in these mock redrafts. It's never like the, they're never the oh, same. Y- yes, I get you. Yes, yes. So if yes. with the, if that's the case, like if you really need a quarterback, the difference in your team really shouldn't be much between one year and the next year. And if you're a quarterback away, and you get one the first year and it doesn't work out, you're just gonna go and get the next best quarterback in the draft the next year, and you just keep doing that until you eventually hit it. And I think that that's kind of the mentality. Like this year, let's say that I draft Will Levis, right? Let's say I was in love with Will Levis, which I'm not, but let's say I hypothetically was, and I got him at five. Okay. Let's say he's yeah. ass. He's dog. I, I, I play him because I didn't let him develop, which he needs, but I played him making terrible decisions. Right. And I just, I don't have the, the patience to deal with him. Okay. He's still going to be on my team. Right. But the next year I might go and draft. If I have, let's say I have four, right. I'm not going to get Caleb Williams at one, but I get, I have four. I draft Drake may. Okay. Now they're competing. I didn't waste two I'll picks in this. Drake but I'm just going hypothetical, right? He's one of the, considered one of the prospects, right? Now I have, I didn't waste a pick in the last draft getting another quarterback, right? I got one of the better players in the draft to help build my team. Now I have another quarterback. They get to compete and whichever one's worse, I can ship off because also if Will Levis is worse, I have evidence of, of one, what he can be. And two, I can get stuff for him because other teams are not going to be, I mean, other teams wouldn't give you a first round pick back for a player you picked in the first round. So you might be able to get a third or a fourth because the team's still going to value the fact that he only played one season that they like there's prospect there. Okay. While we're, while we're kind of on this topic, what do you think Trey Lance's trade value is right now? Fourth or a fifth round pick. That's, that's something that I don't know if I can ever get over them passing on Justin and picking Lance. I'm not sure if I'll ever get over it. I just also don't understand. I know Trey Lance is obviously a bigger guy than than Justin Fields, right? And he's just built out more. But what I don't understand is all the stuff that sure if he's that much bigger, but all the stuff that 
um, teams liked about Trey Lance, Justin Fields did and did better on bigger stages. And that's that's where the confusion lies. And it's no sense. it's one of those things where I know you haven't seen the movie Draft Day yet. Now is the day to watch it, by the way. I'm going to be honest. It's awful that I, I'm, I'm watching it. Tonight. You're watching it tonight. You're watching, watching it tonight. It tonight. You're watching it tonight. Watching and, tonight. And now and then the next episode, pre-show is going to be you we'll reviewing that. We'll do a yeah. review. We'll do um, a review. So write that, write that down right now. I, I want to make sure that you do it. Um, <laughs> but like in, 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 right, in, mom, I got it. I, in, in uh, draft day, there's a big scene about like why this player is falling or not. And it was, it's basically like uh, character stuff. Maybe there was some random thing that nobody heard about uh, that teams just started hearing about Justin Fields and hasn't come out at all. That's a possibility, but that's what I, I I don't understand about that. What I do also think is possible. I mean, team the, the 49ers are like, we're not trading Trey Lance, which I think is complete BS. They're definitely going to trade Trey Lance because Brock Purdy is going to be their starter. Um, I, oh, yeah. Trey Lance isn't even that much bigger than Justin. I, I same weight. I don't, I don't know where Trey Lance is going to go. And that's also one of those things. Cause one of these quarterback needy teams might just be like, fuck it. Let's just take Trey for a fifth rounder and not get a quarterback in the first round like the texans might literally just say fuck it and they trade a fifth for trey lance and he might be their quarterback this year that actually is i mean that's not impossible that's not impossible if if honestly though if the, if the texans don't take a quarterback in the first round would it not make sense for them to draft a quarter or to trade a fifth or sixth round pick for a quarterback that's been in the league a couple of years, has had issues, and also has ties to D'Amico Ryans, who was just in San Francisco. Yeah, I, well, then again, at the same time, maybe D'Amico Ryans knows that Lance is ass. And he's well, like, also, oh, to, be fair, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, Lance has only played like two games. He might, he's seen him in practice, but he yeah, obviously even, practiced. Even in those two games, he... I'm not even sure if he's even made it through a quarter. But also, but games, also to so. be fair, in practice, I'm Kyle. I trust Kyle. Han- I oh my god, I trust Kyle Shanahan enough. Where yeah. if Trey Lance is practicing well, I trust the fact that he would put him in over Jimmy Garoppolo, which he did because he looked better than Jimmy Garoppolo did, not because he's no, a I, younger quarterback. Yeah, I, so I, I, I think I, I think, think that Trey Lance you know, has actually. Obviously, I think, very unfortunate with Lance's. Yeah, I, I think that Trey Lance has actually looked very good in practice, and I think I obviously don't know that, but I'm assuming that that's the case because he was named the <laughs> starter over Jimmy Garoppolo, who has done well for San Francisco, not in the Super Bowl, but has done well for San Francisco. So, I, also, I, I'm not. I mean, Trey Lance is 22. He's three years younger than Hendon Hooker. Yeah, I. It just makes sense to me. I think that I could, I was talking, I was talking about the Texans maybe drafting Hennon Hooker or Jake Hayne or something. I actually now think that the Texans might trade a late round pick for Trey Lance. And that might be who they try and see if they can get a starter out this year. And then they would draft a quarterback next year if they still need one. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of things that, that we got to look at here and keep our eyes on Everett. I, I know one pick that you're going to be keeping very close attention to is the Philadelphia Eagles at number 10. Yeah. That's uh, so that here's the thing. I, you on Twitter. I uh, have, <laughs> I have, I think that everybody's talking about will love is sliding. I know I've been culprit to that. I, and I know that everybody's like, Oh, every, the, the NFL is enamored with Anthony Richardson and, and his ceiling and stuff. 
I think that Anthony Richardson is going to be the quarterback that slides and I have him sliding. And now the question becomes once he starts sliding, because teams are not like the Seahawks, I don't think are going to pick him, even though people say they're, they love him. I don't think that the Raiders are going to pick a quarterback. The Falcons won't. So what starts to happen, your question is who's going to trade up to get him. Cause there's no, no team's going to let him slide all the way. That's not going to happen. Yeah, there are. There's definitely some teams out there that have him at number two on their board. And their team, their teams that also don't have him going in the first round. Their teams that have him yeah. graded as a second, third round player. So now the question becomes, who trades up to get them? And I think that that limit becomes pick ten because that's the first team, pick ten and pick twelve. Those are the first two picks where teams will 100% be willing to trade back to the middle end of the first round. Um, so into the into the late early. 20s to get a quarterback uh or or to trade for a team to go and get a quarterback like i i think that you know a lot of these teams that are looking for quarterbacks uh the box i don't think that they're gonna trade i don't think they're gonna draft a quarterback this draft um but the, the vikings the bucks um you could even say the seahawks with pick 20 um the saints the commanders like they those are all teams that would probably trade up to get him but i i don't know i just think i think there's going to be a quarterback that starts sliding and i think the slide stops at 10 or 12 and my i think that the vikings are the team to do it um and probably trade up yeah i think we got to keep our eyes on the raiders uh i'm not expecting the falcons to take a quarterback i think they're pretty set on ritter but I don't know. They could take a quarterback there. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on. I think, the draft process. I, think I think that the Raiders they are very, very big culprits to take a guy here. I don't so. think so. I think the, I think the Raiders are going to go defense because the biggest parts of their team that they need are on defense. And on top of that, there have been numerous reports, like too many to the point where it's like just BS that they really do like Jimmy Garoppolo and they just want to roll with him right now. He signed a he signed a multi-year contract. So it makes sense to me. Like the reason why the Vikings are in a situation right now where they might go and get a quarterback is because this is Kirk Cousins last year. They have a new staff right now uh, who would be able to develop him well. Right. You have a, a wide receiver that's about to get a massive extension. So you're going to need to make cap space. Like it makes sense to me. It makes sense. And the thing with Anthony Richardson specifically and even credible, uh, even Will Levis technically is those are the two quarterbacks that need to be developed. And it makes sense having a landing spot like the Vikings where you have a quarterback who will be willing to develop these players because he's a nice guy and very nice guy, very nice guy. And you have a coach that's an offensive minded guy. You're developing a team still. It's an, it's a competitive rebuild and it gives you time to be able to get these quarterbacks right without rushing them into it. Yeah, no, uh, obviously many different scenarios going around. Like I, I think if Seattle, if CJ was there at five, I know they just signed Gino to a three-year $120 million extension, but I still think, just thinking long-term here, Seahawks, if they can get CJ Stroud, they can have their future franchise quarterback there at five. I, I think that's 100% a very strong possibility if CJ were to fall. See, this is this is why I don't know what the fuck the Vikings are going to do. And obviously, if you watch this podcast, if you listen to this podcast, or you even if you guys got CJ, or even 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 if you you, even if you just watch our TikTok and you just decided to watch this because I know 
fucking 98% of people on TikTok decide to just not go and check out the actual podcasts, but whatever. Um, but I'm a Vikings fan, obviously, and I've spent a majority of my time, even if I'm doing mock drafts for everybody, all of my stuff goes into what the Vikings are going to do because they're my team. I have zero clue what they're going to do, like I said earlier, and this is why is because there are reports that they trade, uh, they're going to trade up to get Will Levis in the top three picks. There are reports that they're going to trade up to get Anthony Richardson. The reports are going to stay at 23. They're going to take a cornerback that they're in love with Kalaja Kansi and they'll trade up whatever they need to do to go and get him. They want a wide receiver, Jordan Addison. They love Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison loved the interview that he did with them. They might trade down and get Hendon Hooker. They might trade down in general just to get picks. There, there's so many different possibilities. And really the only, this is the thing is, unless you're in any of these places as like, obviously like you work there, you, nobody's going to know. And I honestly think the people who the, the, all these people on social media, all these, all these media members who are breaking news, they don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Everything's just word of mouth. Uh, Everything is, I mean, for Adam Schefter, like, uh, like I know if he ever, tweets out like a tip or a rumor or something that's coming directly from a scout or a player's agent who texts Adam Shepard word for word what you should tweet out. And it's the scouts pretending to be Adam Shepard and they send him the tweet to tweet out verbatim. So uh yeah, it's it's all word of mouth rumors. I, I would I would say last thing before we end off, I, I, I would say all these teams have nailed in their draft boards or at least know who they oh, want to I, the I would hope have, I would hope the draft's tomorrow for a while I would hope the draft no, yeah tomorrow. I, I'm saying I'm saying anything we've heard in the past three days literally means nothing I would just like to add though uh the Vikings were the first team to uh have their pick jumped because they ran out of time in the first round so I hope they have their board I I have faith I have faith in my GM I know you don't have faith in yours but um it's going to be an interesting, an interesting night. I think there are going to be a lot of trades and I think people are going to be uh, very surprised where certain players go. Um, I'm trying to be like ambiguous so then we can cut, cut this and make it look like I really know what's going on. Um, and that I have like a lot of sources cause like Waterboy analytics, but um, yeah. All right. But with that, thank you guys so much for watching, listening, rate us five stars. You can find us on Spotify, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, and on Instagram at WaterboyPod. Make sure to follow, like, subscribe, download, share with your family uh, every, everything that you can do to, to promote the podcast. Um, <clears throat> make sure to comment, interact with us. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter for the draft. Obviously, if you're, watching, one, guys. If you're watching this before the draft starts, uh, you are going to want to follow uh, me at Edwards takes grant at waterboy grant and the main account at waterboy pod to make sure that you get all of our reactions to everything that happens. Uh, Cause I guarantee it will be great. But with that, we'll see you in the next episode. Waterboy's out.